your shot at a trip to our iHeartRadio Music Awards now. Text the keyword LUCKY to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCKY to 200-200. You're home of the pens and the best pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeartRadio Station. Todd Haley was officially introduced as Cleveland Browns offensive coordinator today. He looked like death warmed over, which is apropos, seeing as how that's a franchise that hasn't even been warmed over. It's just death. No, no truth to the rumor that the press conference was held at Tequila Cowboy Cleveland. No, no truth to the rumor that the first question asked was about quarterback sneaks for Deshaun Kaiser. And no, no truth to the rumor that Todd Haley has already pitched wide on fourth down. I am Tim Benzin for Mark Madden. Matt Mertz Plumbing, count on a name you can trust. This is the 5 o'clock hour of the Mark Madden Show with me, Tim Benz, from Trib Live, as well as ESPN Pittsburgh and, of course, the Steelers Radio Network. Um, Speaking of Steelers, a lot of people in Pittsburgh seem to be warming up to the idea of letting Le'Veon Bell walk. Let him go on free agency. Just let him leave. He wants too much money. He says stupid things on social media. Philadelphia won the Super Bowl with a running back committee by committee. The Patriots got there with running back by committee. Goodbye, Lev. Meanwhile, I've lobbied to keep him. And like I wrote in the Trib recently, I felt like Jerry Maguire lately. I'm in the office. I'm holding my goldfish. I'm yelling, who's coming with me? Keep Lev. And the only Renee Zellweger I could find is Steelers owner Art Rooney II. Remember, Rooney said, we'd like to have a long-term contract with Le'Veon Bell. That is what we hope happens in the offseason. All right, so calm down here, Renee. I was just talking about the franchise tag, not a long-term deal. You know, this is sort of the latest public step in the ongoing Bell contract drama, and it's not making a lot of sense from an organizational point of view, and it hasn't from the player's point of view either. Bell has been nothing short of schizophrenic when it comes to the prospect of staying in Pittsburgh. Wednesday, if you remember, well, two Wednesdays ago now, he liked multiple tweets of news reports using the Rooney quote. Earlier, though, in that week, he renamed his handle on Instagram to remove the word Steelers from it. Before the playoffs, Bell said to ESPN.com that the Steelers have to get the numbers straight exactly where we want them. I'm not going to settle for anything. Then at the Pro Bowl, Bell said he's optimistic a long-term deal will get done. Also, he allowed, I might have to give a little. The hardest thing about getting a long-term contract done with Le'Veon Bell might be trying to figure out which Le'Veon Bell is on the other end of the phone at the time. Meanwhile, from an organizational point of view, Why extend Bell long-term at this point when it couldn't be done last offseason? The franchise tag now actually makes more sense than it did a year ago unless you take Bell at his word that he's going to retire if he's tagged again. And if you do, I'd love to play poker with you. You're buying that? I mean, the guy can't keep his story straight from one week to the next, from the Pro Bowl till after the Pro Bowl. For those worried that the exclusive franchise tag designation for Bell is too expensive, it would only increase his cap hit by about $2.6 million from last year. In the time following Bell getting tagged last winter, 
The Steelers made a run at Dante Hightower, acquired Joe Hayden, and extended Stefan to it. This year, Ladarius Green comes off the books. A release of Mike Mitchell could save in excess of $5 million bucks, and the potential of a restructure or extension for Ben Roethlisberger on top of what they already did with Tuit and with DeCastro, well, that frees up a lot of money, too. Reports during the summer stated that the Steelers offered Bell a five-year contract worth a little more than $60 million, with $30 million over 2017 and 18, and an additional $12 million for the third season. Bell will end up making almost $27 million in those two franchise tag seasons anyway. The Steelers are basically saying, your greatest worth to us is in those first two to three years. After that, we're taking a risk based on our usage of you and your health. The team acted accordingly in 2017, getting as much as possible as they could from Bell while they could. He got the ball 406 times in the regular season. He led the NFL in receptions and carries among running backs. Clearly, there was no effort to conserve a potential commodity the club planned on keeping long-term. But maybe for 16 to 20 more games on another franchise tag of $15 million or less, like $14.5 million, sure, why not? That would make sense. Constructing a long-term deal based on the Steelers' previous approach would be counterintuitive. I mean, why do it now so you could walk away clean from the first two years of good productivity you planned on paying for in the first place? If 2017 was a test from the organization to see if Bell can stay healthy and pot-free for a whole year, well, okay, mission accomplished. But if 2017 was also in part to show signs of maturity from Bell, he may have actually taken a step back thanks to all of his ill-timed contract demands and tweets about the Patriots before the Jacksonville playoff game and so forth. Bell has made it clear his primary concern is breaking the bank for running back contracts. I mean, like, he wants to be the Rosa Parks of running backs. Like, this pioneer for equality. The Steelers have made it clear they have concerns about investing in Bell beyond 2019 at best. So then the franchise tag seems to make the most sense for both parties involved. Go through one more year together. Bell can rake in even more cash next offseason then the Steelers can step away or compete for his services on the open market if they still want him. So what do you think, Steelers fans? What do you want? What do you prefer? I have gotten the vibe in the weeks since the Steelers lost, and especially the weeks since the Super Bowl, the belief in Pittsburgh more and more has become, let Lev go, we don't need him. I'd prefer to see him stay on the franchise tag. I know there's a lot of you out there that would prefer to sign him long-term. What do you want? 412-333-9939. I'd like to introduce some more Steelers conversation to the program. We've had a lot of hockey talk with Mike Rupp. Uh, We're also going to talk with Dan Kovacevic about both topics coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. And we'll talk some Olympic hockey, too. But with the Slovenians beating America, and the question I posed earlier that I answer this way, No, I I don't think the Penguins are set yet going into the trade deadline. I do want to see them continue to explore options to make more moves and add depth going into the playoffs. I think they're playing great right now, and the roster looks really solid right now. I would rather see them bolster themselves against potential injury moving forward in case they finally get that unfortunate break that they've somehow managed to avoid 
with their star players for the most part this season. Virgil in the Hill District, you're up first in the 5 o'clock hour. Go ahead, Virgil. Hi, Tim. How are you doing? Good. In the worst possible segue after that great piece by you, are the New York Rangers in one of the most unique positions ever when Glenn Sather comes out and says, we're rebuilding, but they're still in a playoff spot, and to move Nash and McDonough, those contracts in season is virtually impossible. I mean, can, can a team come out and say they're rebuilding and then turn away from maybe two home playoff games and the revenue it brings? Like, how, how would you um, approach that if you were the general manager of the New York Rangers? Well, I appreciate the honesty of them saying that's what they're doing as opposed to what we've seen around here in recent months, right? Um, I appreciate that. But to your point, I did not see the um, overwhelming need for them to rebuild in that manner. To your point, I'll underscore that by saying that I don't think they're as far away as they're acting right now for this season. I mean, they're last place in the Metro. I get that. But as we've talked about, the East is so jam-packed and... um, I don't think they're as up against it as they're acting, is what I'm saying. Yeah, and and the one thing that I think Rutherford, and everyone forgets, and, and I love Jim Rutherford, but everyone forgets when he mangled the cap that year with five defensemen, and they played that way for a long time. But the bad contracts here, when we're talking about a team that's so close to the cap and the Penguins, when really the only two wiggle room moves you have is to get rid of Ian Cole or, tra- or, trade, or trade Connor Sheary or Haglin, because Haglin isn't worth, you know, the $4 million for his goal scoring. Um, there aren't, after those three, there aren't really any bad contracts on this roster. Yeah, and I appreciate the call, Virgil. When it comes to moving guys like that, as I pointed out before, if the intent was to create cap space by moving Cole, he's played too well to make that happen. Sherry, I think you're at the point now where you say, how valuable is he as a wing versus somebody else we could get in to play center and you come to grips with that reality, I would continue to explore that. Just make sure the center is worth it. All right, uh, I got Jeff, Jeff, Larry. I think we got one phone line open if you want to get in the Bell contract discussion. Everybody on hold right now wants to talk about Bell. I do want to talk about that when we come back. So if you're on hold to discuss, uh, please hang in there because we're going to do exactly that when we return. Also, when we come back, as we roll on here in the 5 o'clock hour on the Mark Madden Show, on the topic of the Steelers, a player a lot of you may want for Pittsburgh that's become available, but I don't. I'll tell you who that is when we come back. Tim Benson for Mark Madden on the X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangster. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. The X at 105.9. Five o'clock hour of the Mark Madden Show. Dayan Kovacevic joining us in studio at about 5.35. Tim Benz in for Mark up until 6. We'll be at Buford's tomorrow before the Penguins game against the LA Kings, so make sure you're listening then as well. Let's get back to the phones here in just a second after we go over this little point surrounding the Steelers that I wanted to make, and it does kind of tie in to what we were discussing before with Le'Veon Bell. Um, Someone brought up the notion earlier of linebacker play for the Steelers when we were on the phones, and uh, Derek Johnson is available from the Kansas City Chiefs. Big name, once a really good player. Uh, That's before his Achilles went out twice. I can't remember if it was the same Achilles twice or each one once. He's 34. You don't want him. Once great, now too old. I know he's still in good shape. And I think you look at him and maybe you think back to what he was and you've seen him play well against the Steelers before. No. Go young at that position. 
uh, try to find somebody who can cover, try to find somebody who can play the position as close to Ryan Shazier as Ryan did. Uh, I don't know if that's possible, but somebody of that ilk. Uh, I want something, someone young, fast, uh, someone that can go the width of the field, can drop deep if you need to, can run with tight ends, can cover backs. That's who I'm looking for right now, that inside linebacker position, and I just don't think Derek Johnson has it like that anymore. Let's go to Ryan, who's calling from his car. Hi, Ryan. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey, Tim. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I think they got to keep Le'Veon Bell. As much as I hate to uh, blow a big contract on somebody in the salary cap uh, era, I think if you don't, you're in the same position that you are at running back as you currently are on defense, at safety, at inside linebacker, both positions, uh, left outside linebacker and slot corner. You've got nothing there, and you've got nothing at running back, and I, I just don't think they have any options. You can you can test the free agency market and hope for a draft pick, but at least you, that's one position that you know what you're going to get. Well, here's where I go when it comes to um, the notion, thanks for the call, Ryan, for some people who say that if you let Le'Veon Bell go, you can use all that money to get a bunch of good players everywhere else. Well, no, you can't. Because Dante Hightower, in and of himself, was going to cost $9.5 million for the Steelers to get, somewhere in that neighborhood, $9 million. And Le'Veon Bell cost twelve point five. So you're only going to plug one other hole somewhere else if you don't keep Bell, and then you've created the hole at running back, which is not able to be filled right now. The hole, you could do it with a running back by committee. Yes, you can, but not in one year's time. I mean, what made you think that James Conner could do that and stay healthy? Did you see enough from Steven Ridley to think that he'd be able to be a number one back to James Conner's number two and then draft a guy? And if you draft a guy to replace Bell, then you still let safety or inside linebacker, whichever one you don't address, remain vacant in the first round. That's why I think it's important to keep Bell for at least this year. Larry's on the turnpike. Hi, Larry. Tim, um, the, the offense is so good. It's so balanced. It's, some of it makes them better than any individual player. So you can, you can get rid of Bell, but you, the obvious need is that linebacker, either inside or outside. And so... Why don't you do like baseball and trade a stud for you know somebody who's because you can't trade him. He's not under contract. He's a free agent. Your only your only rights to him are franchising him. Now you can put the exclusive tag on him and hope that somebody else walks away and gives you compensation. But otherwise, you're just basically signing him to what somebody else wants and then trading him. I mean, you you could in theory do something like that, a la like the Alex Smith situation. But then you're kind of negotiating for somebody else to do, and I don't know why anybody else would do that. A team that has an overabundance of linebackers. You know, who, who is that? Who has an overabundance of inside linebackers they're going to start? A young guy, you know, like it's not playing, like a second-teamer, someone like... Uh, so you want, to trade, you want to trade Le'Veon Bell for somebody else's Vince Williams and call that a win? Yes. That's not a win. This, you're trading a better player for somebody else's backup and just hoping they pan out. Go out and draft a guy in the second round then and do it. Draft your own guy then. Jeff is calling from McDonald. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Tim. Hey, I'd like to say that I think it would be great if Lev Bell stayed around. I think he brings a lot to the team, but I don't think his price tag is going to be worth keeping him on. 
I think if they try to make a franchise offer, which would be the best interest of the Steelers, he's going to reject it or he's going to play games. And Is he? Is he not, really? I mean, like, what's he, he going to do, retire? You think he's really going to retire, stay away from football for a year, turn down $14.5 million in rap? Well, I think he'll put on the boo-boo face and, and you know have worse of a time last year than he did this year with his contract. Well, did he put on the boo-boo face this year and did it hurt him? If it did, it hurt him early, and it hurt him early to the point the Steelers were only 3-2 and two until he got back into it and you saw how much they missed him by his absence, right? So he's important to keep. I mean, by, yeah, the, end, by the end of it, he touched the ball 406 times and led the NFL in uh, rushes and receptions. But you're missing one key fact. Porcupines don't shoot their quills. That's true. And with his injury history prior to this year, that would have been the one thing that didn't take out his knee that wasn't affected by Vontez Perfect. If Vontez Perfect shows up next year with a porcupine, then I can see Lev Bell having problems. Let's get to one more. Brad calling from his car. What? No, we, don't, we don't have Brad. Let me try. Uh, we do have Brad. Brad, go ahead. You're on 105.9 The X. Hey. Hey, so first off, Le'Veon Bell's a great talent, and everybody knows he's great. But I would let him walk for a couple of reasons. One, obviously, because he's expensive. You can have a great running back for a fraction of the price. I mean, if you look at rookie running backs from last year, um, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's guys everywhere. Joe Mixon, and he was a late-round pick. You can find a running back for a lot cheaper. Now, the second part is Le'Veon Bell, he's great, but he doesn't necessarily fit the Steelers' offense. The Steelers' offense is... Whoa, how does he not fit the Steelers' offense? Okay, he he's been as much of the Steelers' offense as anybody. He he has no... His longest... His breakaway run ability is not as great as people think it is. He doesn't break the... No, I don't run. think it's all that good, but he's still... You can't tell he, me he's not that big of a part of the Steelers' offense when he touches the ball 406 times. You know, we just said they started 3-2, and two, and one of the biggest reasons they started 3-2 and two and the offense struggled out of the gates was he was not involved in the passing game enough. That's not me saying that. That's them saying that. They knew it. And this whole thing about you can just go out and get yourself a good rookie running back, okay, they got Lev Bell's rookie. He wasn't very good. He was good his second year. And okay, you can go out and get yourself a good rookie running back. Then do it next year. Because if you're just going to let him walk for nothing as a free agent, and you're going to draft somebody, then go ahead and draft somebody, but you're still not going to get an inside linebacker that's the same kind of impact player that Lev Bell was for you on offense. You know, I, I think one of the most overrated notions is that you're going to somehow spend so much money on so many different players with Lev Bell not here that you're going to fix all the other team's woes. I just told you, you get a player and a half tops of impact for $14.5 million. Player and a half. Dayan Kovacevic next. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Finishing his checks, causing a constant commotion. Hey, Mr. Madden, how you doing? Sometimes I'm so damn dumb, I wouldn't take a phone call from me. The X at 105.9. The Mark Madden Show on 105.9 The X, your home for the Pittsburgh Penguins, brought to you by Walnut Grill with Dayan Kovacevic from DKPittsburghSports.com. Dayan, did you sprain your ankle jogging up here like Daniel Hudson on the first day of <laughs> spring training? You know, that's a little unfortunate. I mean, Daniel Hudson, in addition to being a terrible signing, one that nobody talks about, by the way, two years, $11 million for a relief pitcher. Two and seven, four, six, three, four, three, six ERA. You had better, you had better nail that one when you sign a relief pitcher to that kind of money out of free agency. And that's one of those contracts that, 
you know, for all the different things that the Pirates messed up last year and the year before that, that never gets mentioned. It kind of surprises me. Are you ready for Pittsburgh to explode when the Pirates win it all? Now, be nice. I, at least reasonably nice. You know and I know Clint Hurdle. And the man is just beautiful. He has a big heart. He's the real deal. However, Clint has been around these guys, Tim. And you know what I'm going to say yes. here. For such a long time. And there's so much of that group think that goes on in there. And he even referred later in that same quote today uh, from Bradenton to uh, the way outside people talk about noise. That is very much a Frank Coonley, Neil Huntington kind of thought process. They hunker themselves down at 115 Federal, and everything else that happens on the outside is noise, including, I might add, the public, you know, the, the fans. Yeah. And Clint has fallen prey to that. He really has. I'm not being dramatic. Clint used to really, really, really stand up for himself. Tim, you were at the press conference when he was hired. Remember what he said? He was going to interview them. Yeah, I remember that. Remember right. that? I remember not that the statement. other way around. Yes. He's not the same guy now. He's just not. Well, uh, I'm just not at the point where I can do pitchers and catchers, and this guy looks good, and the rotation is the third mm -hmm. spot or the fourth spot. This is the first lefty out of the bullpen. I, just, I can't wrap my brain around it why? yet. And, but, but ask yourself why. Because I don't feel like it's going to amount to anything. The discussion and, is and, meaningless. And keep going, but ask yourself why. Because it feels like... They're not serious. And when you when you get down to I, I've tried to do this too with our staff. We talk about uh you know the lineups. Oh, let's let's get into who's gonna bat third and fourth, whatever. And then you get to the fifth position and the sixth position in the order and you realize, oh yeah, they really don't care. I mean, they just don't. I mean, because you're you're down that far and you say they didn't bother to get players. I mean, that's not just that they traded Andrew McCutcheon. They're still sitting there on the opening day of pitchers and catchers without an everyday left fielder. Think about that. Dan Kovacevic joins us from DKPittsburghSports.com. On to hockey. That team has obviously funneled its assets in a much better fashion. They're serious. Can they get more? They can. Should they get more? And they should. See, and I, I'm of that school of thought, too. I know they're playing great. I am not a let's-make-a-trade-for-the-sake-of-change, but... I do think they could be bolstered at center, particularly if 87 or 71 should get hurt somewhere along the way late mm -hmm. in the regular season. Uh, that's where I think a more offensively oriented version of Riley Sheehan really bears fruit. Yeah. Um, so I'm in favor of them continuing to look for a third or fourth line center, however you want to qualify it. And I wouldn't mind looking for the next Ron Hainsey type, unless you already consider Jamie Alexiak to have been that. Yeah, I think they're done on D. I, I really do. When you're when Chad Ruedel's your eighth guy. Because they will need eight. They needed eight in each of the last two and years. And they have eight. And I don't think they have to give one up. Uh, I, I Obviously, you know, Ian Cole was in that position for a while where it looked like you'd have to move his salary. Maybe not so much anymore. Maybe you could get somebody to take Matt Hunwick. I still don't think you need that spare part defenseman, but I'm totally with you on the center. I'm sure you saw the remarks that Jim Rutherford made to our site earlier this week about Riley Shane and considering yeah. him a possibility for third-line center. Sometimes Jim will say things like that, just to not make himself look desperate to the other 30 GMs. Uh, in this case, I think he actually meant it. I hope he doesn't. Because I'll tell you what, Tim, watching Derek Broussard last night uh, from the Senators, not just the goal, all over the rink. He was very active for the Man, first 30 minutes. That re that's a good way of putting it. He, he was active at both ends. 
Uh, Attempted he, seven shots, won 60% of his draws, had the second most ice time amongst uh, forwards. That's a difference maker. That's not a hole plugger. That's a difference maker. And that said, Pierre Dorian, the Senator's general manager, is asking, you've seen it for the moon mm-hmm. for him. He wants first rounder, your top prospect, third piece, because he was the guy who had to wait forever and ever and ever to get Matt Duchesne from Colorado and Joe Sackick, who played those cards really well. Well, Derek Broussard's not Matt Duchesne, but Derek Broussard would be one fine fit for the Penguins and or someone like that. That's what I was thinking when I was watching Broussard last night. Someone like that, a difference maker. Have they sold themselves that Aston Reese can be a good enough rookie contributor that Sprung could be moved for somebody of impact? You know who sold? Mike Sullivan. Okay, well, that's exactly what I alluded mm-hmm. to earlier in the show. Is mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much I like Derek, uh, Daniel Sprong or how much you like Daniel Sprong or the fans do. What if we like him way more than the coach and the organization I'll does tell you what. Point? You know, I just covered the Penguins on this trip through Dallas and St. Louis, and Mike Sullivan made some of the most powerful remarks he's made about Sprong on that trip at a couple different points where he basically laid out very, very clearly in specific terms what Sprong needs to do. And the more I heard from him on that, and the more I aligned it with what I've seen with my own eyes, Sullivan's remarks, one of them in particular, about how we all like how he shoots the puck, mm-hmm. Okay, that kind of really resonated with me because that is what I see when I see Sprong. It's what I see in practices. It's what I see in skates. I go, my goodness, this kid can shoot the puck like at a... Like in a, it's Kessel-like. Yeah, or a Vetchkin or a Line in some ways with his releases. It's ridiculous. But there's a lot of parts of the game all over the rink, including on offense, that he just can't play. Uh, Sullivan claims he never has a doghouse, and I'll believe him on that. Uh, but if you ask Sullivan right now, if it was Aston Reese or Sprong, he would definitely keep asking. You know, he other, loves him, Tim. You heard him last yeah. night. Well, he's talking about his defensive play, too. Yeah. Well, you think that was an accident, though? What? Those those extra remarks that he made about Aston Reese's two-way play and his As, defense no. and all that? No, no, I think there was a look at this well, column A, so we don't have to talk about column B as yeah. much anymore. And, yep. You know, I think Sullivan does do things like that. You know, maybe not. He kind of does it from the other end of the lens. I'll give you an example from last night with Gensel. He even did this with Sid when he first came here as the coach, and that is he likes to use that phrase when he wants to. Oh, you picked that one up, huh? Because Gen- <laughs> that was in Gensel reference to Gensel being stiff on the puck and and going to the front of the when net. he wants to. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing with Sid when he first got here is when Sid is engaged, com- mm-hmm. he just you almost don't hear it. But he means for it to be heard. He means it. The, the guy knows what he's saying when he speaks in public. Uh, Steelers, franchise tag Le'Veon Bell, let him walk or sign him long-term? Sign him long-term, absolutely. I, I can't believe this is even a discussion. I, I really can't. Tim, who are the players that play like him in the league? And on top of that, look at the rest of the offense that the Steelers have. And now coming in with a new coordinator, presumably you know same terminology, same playbook, but a new mm-hmm. coordinator in Randy Feetner, and then ask yourself, do you really want Ben and that offensive line to go into a new season with a completely different type of running back? I don't. Never mind the fact that you might find somebody who's really, really good and can do different things. And never mind that you don't know if your slot guy is going to be okay after the ACL surgery for Eli Rogers. Eli Rogers is one. very iffy. We were talking about him just yesterday. Uh, he's. We don't know what his status is going to be. Uh, we don't know what they're going to end up doing with Martavis Bryant. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that he's a goner or anything. He's he's 
he belongs to the team, his rights, but what if they get tired of his act? You just don't want too many changes to that offense, but especially a pass-catching generational running back. I feel like they've got concerns about how good he's going to be after 2019, which is why, if you believe what was put out there about what they offered him, there was so much money between now and 2019. Like, you're worth every penny for those three years. The three years, $60 million you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, right, exactly. And it was a five-year deal, but the real money was over, allegedly, three years. Mm-hmm. And the last year he was really going to get paid, or they were on the hook for, was 2019. The pinch comes in between franchising him this year or locking him up for five years now, and now you've got an extra bad year in their mind at the end of the deal. Like, if Bell really wants to break the bank and the Steelers are really concerned about anything after 2019, then they should just be both be happy with the franchise tag. Well, why not take Le'Veon seriously in his concept about the running back slash wide receiver? Now, you don't pay him as both. But maybe you can think of him as both. Le'Veon does line up as a wide out once in a while. What if you made a decision two, three years down the road to say, you know what, maybe we're going to take some of this wear and tear off him and not ask him to go running between tackles 32 times a game and try him out there. So you you protect your investment in the future. I'm not suggesting they're going to do this or do it imminently, Mm -hmm. certainly. But maybe you look at it from that standpoint and say, hey, you know, we put 80 or whatever the number ends up being, million dollars into this guy uh, X amount of that's going to be guaranteed for X number of years, a cap hit. Um, at least maybe at that point we can say, look, we're going to go get a grinding type, uh, you know, Barry Foster type running back that's going to pound between the tackles, and we're going to levy on do diff- do some different things in the offense. I could see vast. You know I mean? Yeah, I-, I could vastly like. What if you just gave him a two year deal that was to the moon? Especially if you're going to re- if you're going to redo Ben, you've already redone DeCastro into it. What if you give him still thirty million over two? Yeah, but thirty over two, he just was he just turned down thirty over or sixty over three. I, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I, like I think, if you okay, what if you gave him like thirty two or thirty four over two? I mean, you can do that, but aren't you essentially you're not you're not changing that much from the franchise tag, which is 14. Well, I, I, exactly, I, I which mean, is why I don't know why he's so offended by the franchise tag. I don't know. Maybe it's just to come up with a really cool new rap, Tim. That might be it. Yeah, I know. He needs another line to rap really, about. really, really good 17 is a hard word to rhyme. <laughs> Therein lies the dilemma. Uh, last thing, Dayon. Um, do you see Pitt beating Wake Forest to get themselves their only ACC tournament victory of the season? What was the lead last night? 15? 15 that they blew against BC. You know, they're not going to win. Um, this team... You know what? I heard an amazing stat about the Panthers today. It was by Conrad. the Ryan Luther pa- stat. Wow! My butt, did you hear that somewhere else too? Was that in print it was, somewhere? It was, I, I saw a commenter put a f- it on our here, site. A f- oh, is that right? And I saw, Ryan Luther still leads the team in offensive rebounds. And he hasn't played yeah. like since Christmas. A friend of mine who's a big college basketball fan. Uh, texted me that right before the show started. Maybe it was out somewhere else, but he said Ryan Luther with thirty-six rebounds, who hasn't played since December. Offensive. The 9th. Offensive rebounds. Yeah. Sorry, thirty-six offensive rebounds is still the offensive rebounding leader for the pit. I'll ask you a a question that's pressing off of that, and that is, does Stallings survive this? Yeah, me too. I mean, I I didn't like the hire in the first place and went on record as such, and I especially didn't like the hiring process. Yeah, I'm with you there. I didn't like the hire. I didn't like the process, and I hated how he handled last year. But I'm sorry. I can't get past the Duquesne comparisons. Keith Dambrot walks in basically out of nowhere to the country's most miserable program over the last 30 years. Not only does he have it set up for this year, wait till you see what he has in waiting. These guys that Duquesne has 
uh, that are practicing with a team now that had to sit out this year for transfers, by all accounts, are better than their current starters. Um, how did he do it in one summer while this one is still you know, pointing toward Jamie Dixon allegedly leaving the covered bear? Well, yeah, the Jamie. Well, we talked about this earlier. The Jamie Dixon left the covered bear thing is accurate for this year. For this year, but sure wasn't for But four guys coming back from a tournament yeah. team. Who gets four guys back from a tournament team? Right. The year before. That never happens. And they were the top two scorers. We're talking, of course, about Mike Young and Jamel Artis. Yeah. They're, these guys were really good players and in Cam the Johnson ACC. Cam Johnson was a really good shooter. Cam Johnson and Chris is Jones still is a, that. was a capable he guard. Cam Johnson walk away. Ryan He's Luther is your most UNC. important player now. You yeah. know, so, so the cupboard bear thing, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm at the point now where it didn't have to go as bad as it did last year. It didn't have to go this bad this year. So you don't have to go through a third year just because you feel obligated. You know what? Money talks in these situations. I understand the buyout is enormous, and I understand it would be inconvenient, but I also understand that the Golden Panthers almost need to, everybody, the donors, need to step up and fix this situation because you don't want the Pete looking like this again next year. No, it's, it's vacant. It's ridiculous. That should be the best sports atmosphere in Pittsburgh. All right. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, make sure you check on Dan Kovacevic at DKPittsburghSports.com. We are brought to you by Walnut Grill. In the 5 o'clock hour of the Mark Madden Show. Back with more in a moment to wrap things up. Then the GMJR Show at 6 o'clock. Well, he will declare exactly who the Penguins are targeting and for what price at Third Line Center here on 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. The cream comes to the top. I feel like I'm just bubbling over. You wear pants while you're on the air? Because I wouldn't. Who told you? The X at 105.9. couple pieces of unfortunate news here. Um, Tito Francona, the father of Terry Francona, passed away at 84. Uh, he died at his home in New Brighton, played in the majors for 15 seasons, six with the Indians. So condolences to... Terry Francona and the rest of their family. Also condolences going out to the Robert Morris University hockey community and the uh, friends and family of Mark Workman, who was the associate head coach at RMU for seven years. Uh, I wrote about him recently in the Trib. In fact, the story, I just retweeted it uh, at the top of my Twitter account, at Tim Ben's PGH, if you want to read about how the kids at RMU are honoring Mark. Uh, he was diagnosed with liver cancer, not too terribly long ago, a very aggressive form of bile duct cancer uh, that moved quite rapidly and even into his lungs after a diagnosis back around Christmas time. And uh, he passed away this morning. And I know a lot of the kids who play for the Colonials were devastated to find that out. But real good guy. And RMU has done uh, a good job honoring him. The kids uh, that play for the team wore Workman's name on their nameplates during warm-ups. Uh, before the game against RIT on Friday. And then on Saturday, they hung a jersey with his name on it over the bench and plan to do so moving forward. Plus, there will be a moment of silence at the Island Sports Center on Friday night before their game against Mercyhurst. Uh, I knew Mark. I liked Mark a great deal. Always enjoyed talking hockey with him. I was sad to hear of the news. Uh, special condolences to his brother, Eric, who uh, talked to me uh, for a very long time for that story I did, and I know he's taking it hard today. So uh, condolences on both fronts there. Uh, thanks to everybody who listened today uh, to the program. Tim Benz in for Mark Madden. I'll be back with you tomorrow as well. I uh, might be able to get one more quick call in here about uh, the Love Bell contract situation. Go ahead, Dylan. You've been waiting for a while. We'll get you in before the show closes out. Hey, Tim, thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say I, I loved your bit with uh, Dejan, and I have to agree with him 100%. 
I think it's absolutely asinine that anybody would say that they should not lock up Lev Bell long-term. I think he's a once-in-a-generational running back. He can do a lot of stuff that most of the running backs in the league cannot. Um, and as I understand it, uh, they just restructured the contracts of Stefan Tuitt and David DeCastro to free up $11 million. So I think that that means one thing and one thing only, that they're going to make a push and get Left Bell the deal that he deserves. Yeah, and this would be indicative. If they did this, it would be indicative that they didn't care as much about the back end of the deal as I'm suggesting. And the reason that they didn't do it last year is that they were scared he was going to get popped for another suspension or he was going to get hurt again. Like They saw him this year go drug-free and injury-free for 16 games. And if they just needed to see that once to believe that he could do it before they did it, then okay. Uh, that might be a little naive, but I guess they're not worried then about the back end of the deal if one more year gone with 406 more touches eroded whatever it eroded and they're still willing to sign him to a five-year deal anyway. So uh, it would be counterintuitive if they weren't ready to do it last year, why they're ready to do it this year, unless they needed to be convinced that for one 16-game season, he was going to stay clean and he was going to stay injury-free, and that's the last hurdle they had to overcome. All right, tomorrow on the program, uh, we are going to hear from Josh Yowie at Buford's. Josh is going to join us to talk about the Penguins, the Kings. Uh, Bob, who else again from the Kings? What? Daryl Evans to talk Kings hockey as well. And might have some other guests sprinkled in throughout the course of the day as well. Tim Benz with you and for Mark Madden one more day at Buford's up in the Hill District before tomorrow night's game between the Kings and the Pens right here on 105.9 The X.